0: smelling candles that remind you of theme park rides, theme park snacks, and theme park fun. Yes. You know, without all the sweaty, smelly children around. So do we. Go to ParkSense.com and save twenty percent off using the code BINGE20 at checkout. ParkSense.com has candles, room sprays, wax melts, and oils. If you like your room smelling like the E.T. Rider Universal, ParkSense is your man. Just go to ParkSense.com, buy some loot, and use the code BINGE20 at checkout for 20% off your entire order. That's BINGE20 at checkout for 20% off. ParkSense.com. Made by fans for the
1: fans. (laughs)
2: We recorded a binge cast late one night when a movie we watched was an eerie sight. We wanted to stab our eyes out with a pen, but the only thing to do was rate it four on ten. Baby the cast. It was the binge cast, the probably. Binge cast. We got really smashed. They did the cast. We cannot wait to crash. It's the it was the binge. Binge cast from Laboratories Canada, Central and East. We cannot wait for the show to get released. The bingers all listen from their humble abodes. Well, I think it's time to start the show. It was the binge cast. We got fucking smashed. Was that Jim Law's ass? It was Law's ass. It was the binge cast.
0: Welcome, everybody, to the BingeCast. I'm BingeMedia.net, Alex and Sarah, and I'm here with my buddy, Jack Valle. Always sounds great. How you doing? How you doing? Hey, I'm doing great, my friend. I'm doing great. And I'm guessing the air felt just right for that stinger there. Oh, you better believe it. Better believe it. It still
3: works. All these years later, it it fucking punctuates my entrance on a show. You're welcome.
0: I think it flattens it, to be honest with you. I don't know if you're doing yourself any favors there. I completely disagree with you right off right, the top.
3: Let's, all right, let's go let's get on with the show.
0: This is just a precursor of what's going to happen during our various segments when we review stuff, because I feel fight's coming on.
3: Maybe. could be a fight or two, or three.
0: Or four. If you are just joining us for the first time, welcome. BingeCast is our flagship show here at BingeMedia.net, and we're doing things uh, like reviewing movies and TV shows. Very unique and only original stuff you get here at BingeMedia.net because you're not really getting that anywhere else. You have any other fucking podcasts that mm. reviewing movies? No. Reviewing TV shows? No. Never L- heard of it. Exactly. Never exactly. Heard of it. So we do really creative and original things here at BingeMedia.net. I just want to let the listeners know that.
1: <laughs> you no, are listening wrong. to the
0: free binge. Now the full binge that is on Patreon. That Patreon.com/slash/BingeMedia. Five bucks a month gets you the full binge. And we're doing things a little different from now on. And uh, the full binge is going to be... We're not going to have the commentary as part of the full binge anymore. We're not going to have the games as part of the full binge anymore. No. Those will be their own releases on the Patreon.com feed. Or really, our Binge Media Patreon feed. So the free binge is actually just going to be voicemails. We're going to listen to one voicemail. We're going to... Review one TV show. We're going to review one movie. One, one, one. You all know the rules, right? Everyone knows the rules, right, Jack? They they should if they don't fucking get with it. Come on now. Yeah, come on. come on now. Come on. Put out a post on Patreon explaining all this bullshit already. And yeah. all of our spillover reviews are going to be on the full binge. So basically we are doing a truncated review show on the binge cast. One review each right for tv and for movies and then on the full binge we're gonna let it all hang out review all the other shit that we watch during the week yeah. and what does this help mostly our livers you know we're not fucking recording <laughs> for six hours we're not drinking for six yeah. hours you know that right, kind of thing right we, I, look, I mean jack
1: I'll
0: i'm, I'm in my i'm in my 40s now and i need to yeah. save every brain cell i can get because i've lost a lot of them as you can hear that makes sense that makes sense. Sorry, what were but you I'll mean? say this:
3: mm-hmm. um, as someone who has been, you know, on board uh, al- almost since the very beginning, uh, I think this is a great thing. I think it's uh, going to give those of us who record the shows an ability to, uh, you know, manage manage the uh, the work life balance. We'll say, yeah, um, and people will still be able to get the same content, and it, it'll be packaged up a little bit differently. I, for one, listen to a lot of podcasts during the week. Uh, one of them is, you know, uh, The Ringer. It's a sports podcast for NFL mm-hmm. this time of year. And I like the fact that I get, you know, pretty much – I think they do like four or five shows a week because there's so much content with the NFL, you know? Absolutely. Um, but I like having a new show every day. The, the the habit of that, it's great for, you know, my work and play schedule. And uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm a big fan. I think, I think it's a good move.
1: Also, I just think,
0: you know – for some of our newer listeners that came through during the 31 horror coms uh, for October, mm. um, you know, it might be a little intimidating to see a five-hour runtime for a podcast. You know, here sure. we're we're aiming for under four hours for the free feed mm. and the full binge, and I think that's a little bit more digestible than you know, it almost feels like homework at a certain point, you know. Mm. And um, it also helps us you know, just kind of categorize the different content that we have, like you said, you know, with the commentaries, with the games and things like that, you know, when people go to Patreon, you know, go to the full binge page and, you know, toggle the filters for commentary or whatever, you're going to be able to see just the commentary. You don't have to scrub through a whole binge cast Mm -hmm. by the time you get to the commentary, you know, little things like that, I think add up, you know, Mm -hmm. for a, for a listener. I know, I know for, for myself, you know, when I um, dabble in the, in the Patreon world for some of the creators that I support, you know, I appreciate that kind of thing. So being able to drill down sure. and just be able to isolate what I want to listen to at that particular time. So that's kind of what we're trying to do here.
3: Yeah. I think, it, I think it's a, a good idea more in line with the way that the, uh, you know, the podcast world has shifted a little bit since, since we all started this thing. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, excited to see where we go.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We got to change with it. So that's what we're going to do. So let us know, what you guys think about the new new wish format, and it's not really all that new. you're just getting like I said more truncated version of what we usually do on the binge cast. Just think of the the the, the free fee and the full binge as a whole as just one big binge cast instead of a five hour binge cast and then another fucking commentary right. afterwards yes, that's Certainly. a lot that's a lot <laughs> no, but i did that's I did nice. want to thank all the listeners for you know commenting and supporting the 31 horror comms who put a lot of work into it. And, um, you know, it's something that we're looking forward to doing so, some type of material like that in the future each month. So make sure you, yeah. uh, those have been stuff. a
3: lot of fun to listen to uh, because of my, like I said, podcast, uh, I don't know, diet, my weekly podcast diet. Mm-hmm. I haven't gotten through all of them yet, but they've all been funny, entertaining, uh, Kind of interesting and uh, obviously full of some of the best drops you're going to find, such as. I love be attacked
0: by a bunch of kids on me so I can just beat <laughs> the living fuck out of them. I mean, I don't know how you. That's got to be one of the like top that. ones for the month. It, 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 has <laughs> it has to be. It has to be. It has to be my new. Night of the Living movie. Dead. I,
3: I, I think I said it last time you and I were recording uh, one of these, but. Uh, yeah, the uh, the Night of the Living Dead commentary it has to has to be heard.
0: And I I also have been pulling drops as the month has gone on, and haven't really played them. So I'm going to be playing those on the full binge, just to uh, so we can spread our shit out and just kind of take some time with it a little bit. Outstanding,
3: outstanding,
0: fantastic. All right, and also bears repeating really quick for the newer people, we've gotten some comments. Uh, we don't know shit how we are not educated on certain films. And mm. I've mentioned this in, in prior podcasts, prior commentaries. It's not what we do here. <laughs> we don't provide education. Right. You're the wrong fucking place for that. We are not claiming it's true. to give you uh, little known facts about films. And if they are little known facts, they're completely made up on the spot and we just roll with it. We're, we're, we're not right. in the market to fucking try to educate you whatsoever if we get a laugh out of you that's as much as we're hoping to aim for so uh yeah yeah you might be at the wrong place but stick around give it 6 months that's what i'll say give it 6 months yeah yeah
3: absolutely the same level of accuracy you would find sitting at any fucking dive bar that's that's what we're that's what we do here so
0: it is kind of how we always and you know behind the scenes just talked about what binge media is right it's just, Bunch of dudes, yeah. a bunch of friends hanging out at a bar. Maybe something comes on the TV, everyone comments on it. And it's just yeah. a reverent movie and film talk and TV talk. Yeah. That's what we like to and do. Sometimes here.
3: Uh, the occasional
0: uh, book, you know. Uh, yeah, but it's got to be in audio two. form. And and sometimes really... Bob Ross. Yeah, and sometimes Bob yeah, Ross. Exactly. What a... Yeah, that's fine. exactly. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Now, one of the other things we like to do. Is play and answer some voicemails and we we'll get a sounder for that. Here we go.
1: Now it's time to cut a goose. A fucking goose. Call up those drunk ass dudes. Peace. We huh? piss all over his feet. Jack attack. Huh? Tuesdays don't y'all. Goose fucking goose.
0: 708 406 9546 is the voicemail number that you can call and these people call, or at least this person called, and we're going to answer the rest of them on the other side. Uh, but that's the voicemail number you can call and leave us a message. We'll play it on the show and we'll fucking talk about things. All right, here we go. This first okay. one is a 925 number, Jack. Okay. Whereabouts in the country is that, by the way?
3: Uh, I think that's just south of Wall, South Dakota. Interesting.
0: Yeah. Again, all we do here is facts on this BingeCast show and on mm-hmm. BingeMedia.net. We just give you the straight facts. And 925 is south of South Dakota. <laughs> What's West of Westeros? Also a perplexing question that hasn't been answered yet. I
3: mean – I mean, eventually it's easter right? It's got to be.
0: I don't know. I don't know. I think think the world of Westeros is flat. How about that? Just like this world. I don't know. Let's just get on with this. Hey, guys. It's out. Just
4: listening to. Oh,
0: wait. That's not it. That's not it. Spoiler alert for the full bingers. Uh, Oh, shit. Oh, shit. All right. Here we go. Here's 925.
4: It's Bunch laying here getting ready to watch Hot D House of the Dragon. Dead you know to. what? I'm thinking I may love this show just because I never watched uh well, no, Lord of the rings. Uh fuck me, I'm drunk.
3: Uh, <laughs> but, Has a bunch you ever called in drunk before? I don't I don't know. I mean, I mean he hasn't admitted it at least. <laughs>
0: oh that's right he was drunk the one- no i was going to say something bad a uh, bunch of hit me up I'll, I'll let you know the joke i was going to say but I'll, I'll i'll tell it to you off off here all right um yeah that's interesting that he's right. never watched lord of the rings before this so what happened there Bunchy? yeah i don't know what that has to do with house of the dragon but whatever it happened? really has nothing to do with it it's watched completely
4: it, um, unrelated no, lord of the rings uh fuck me i'm drunk um uh, the other one, uh, Game of Thrones.
1: There you go. Until
4: after it was all over and shit. And this one, I'm watching week to week, and it's my most anticipated show every fucking week. So fucking excited. Um, I know that it dropped a little bit early, but even my wife looked at me and goes, "We can't risk buffering. We're gonna fucking wait, watch it, so nice. we know we don't get interrupted." So even he's into the shit, which makes me hella happy. Hell yeah. Um, but here we go. I got like an hour until I get to watch season finale, House of the Dragon. I'm going to watch the episode of Ink Master to get ready. (laughs) Fucking wait. See what happens. Fucking Castle Black. Team Black. Team Green.
1: Fucking dragons.
4: All right. Let's do this shit.
0: All right, Bunchy. Thanks for calling, bud. Bunchy from south of South Dakota. What a great guy. Always calls in. Loves his fantasy stuff, as you can tell. Um, Being a big fan of the, 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 the precursor show to Hot D, Lord of the Rings. So, that's awesome. Mm. Yeah. No, I'm just Great kidding. show. Now, now, Jack, that's actually uh, interesting. Since Hot D is over, we'll be talking about that actually in the full binge. We might touch on it a little yeah. bit in uh, the TV sure. roundup section. But are, are you ready now to, to go to Lord of the Rings to head back to Metal Yeah, or yeah. Um,
3: yeah. So, uh, being that it's the Halloween season, obviously, uh, you know, especially this weekend, it's kind of the last gasp. So, if I'm watching anything, it's going to be horror stuff right now. Sure. But, um, yeah, I think next week when uh, when I'm looking up, you know, what what's next to watch, I will be jumping back into Rings of Power. Although what I might do is I may do a fresh restart just, just so that I, I have my bearings and can mm. follow everything. Because thinking back on what I saw, I remember liking it mm-hmm. and remembering mainly... Who everyone was, or like basically where everyone was, but the exact, uh, you know, character nuances and like relationships and stuff. Yeah, I was yeah, a little yeah. fuzzy on trying to recall, so you I, might, didn't get I might too just far full, into that. Did you full restart? I think three episodes. Oh, okay. so gotcha. You know, not not so far that like I'll be super upset having to uh, having to give it another role.
0: Yeah, 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 absolutely. Well, he didn't call back. Which is interesting because he was so excited about it. You figure we would have gotten a voicemail. He'd call back and go, "Guys, that finale was, you know, X, Y, and Z." Which it wasn't, by the way. Well, Spoiler alert: yeah, It wasn't but... X, Y, and Z. It, you know, there were dragons. Oh, there were the blacks. There were the greens. So no, no rings though. <laughs> no rings though. No, no rings. <laughs> Not yet. No. Not yet. Yeah but
3: right. uh no you know the other thing he said in that call though mm-hmm. was that he was he's drunk so that may have true. you know negated a second call but...
0: yeah well that's true too he completely forgot he called so i think is what you're alluding yeah. to yeah, that... he got so fucking hammered right oh bunchy from house bunch <laughs> what is it's bunchy's sigil i think
3: bunch had oh oh it was sigil oh mm-hmm. um I could see bunch with a uh, like a generic comic with the bag and board. I could totally see that being his sigil.
0: Uh, uh, the bag and board. What do you mean? What is that?
3: Like like comics are, are bagged and boarded and put on the shelf. Oh, you know, okay. For like okay.
0: Gotcha. Archival gotcha. purposes. Yeah. 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 Nice. I don't know how intimidating that
3: is. Um, to be honest. A while. Well, you know, <clears throat> nerds do rule the world right now, so maybe there's a way to make that work. I don't know. I guess. But um, a little while back, Bunch recommended to me uh, the, the Wheel of Time series because I think on a previous yes. binge cast, I had mentioned the first book mm-hmm. and wanting to get into it. I never did at the time. But I know Bunch is a big Wheel of Time fan, and I, I think that he, based on what I've seen from uh, you know some of his posts and stuff, I think he liked the first season. So that's another one that at some point I, I should i should get to um, cuz i've heard i've heard good things but i um, did watch that first yeah, episode just, i thought there's so much up. shit coming out now
0: yeah true true
3: yeah it 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 felt a little uh little bit like fellowship i i felt like some of the beats had you know uh i think like characters were hiding in 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 across the way from where they made it look like they were hiding and then there was like one other thing that I was like, ah, oh, that's very fellowship in the ring, but,
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: but, uh, yeah, I didn't, didn't spend a lot of time with it. So.
0: Yeah. Wheel of time is, is rough because I correct me if I'm wrong. Is it even done? Because after Robert Jordan died, didn't he have like his daughter, somebody in his family like continue to write it. And I don't know if it so, ever. ended. So first
3: off, that's what happens to every one of these fucking series. Right. I mean, yeah, all yeah. of them, Dune, uh, that other one, yeah, you know, true. fucking yeah, no, no, Harry no. Potter is like a miracle because it's one of the only ones that finished with one author, which is pretty impressive, but
0: yeah, but she got canceled, but, uh, so it's yeah, like she's done it.
3: Well, to some people. So, um, but you know, the Robert Jordan thing, I, I think he, I think he wrote all of them, but I honestly don't remember. And, uh, I'm not going to look it up. So that's for you, dear listener. Go ahead and Google that on your mobile device.
0: Exactly. Well the thing is like now the a song of ice and fire books they get knocked for being like a wheel of time rip off and like but Martin has like said he's always said look that's a huge inspiration on me of course like lord of the rings is but um you know Jordan's wheel of time is, was a huge inspiration on him but all I've heard in the discourse from, like, the fans and stuff is that, like, the book doesn't get... or, like, the story doesn't get good until, like, book seven? Fuck out of here. Fuck off. <laughs> I'm not reading yeah, fucking tough. six other books that's until tough. it gets good. What, do you, what are we talking about over here?
3: There's so many fantasy and sci-fi series that I I hear are like that, you know? Like, like I, I want to say at some point in school... I think Ender's Game was part of the curriculum. I don't know if I actually read it whenever we were assigned. But Mm -hmm. I think that's another series where there's like six fucking books. And, you know, the the author, I think, might have shifted at the end. Again, I'm now looking this up. But but like books later in the series justify you getting through the first one or two. Mm -hmm. Uh, I guess book readers are pretty patient folks.
0: Yeah, I guess so. Where's that other one? Oh, The The Expanse. supposed to be really, really good, too. I read that first one, and I really dug it. Yeah. And that first season I really, really liked, too. But, um, Mm. yeah, I just never continued with it for whatever reason. So maybe in the meantime, after Lord of the Rings, uh, the Rings of Power show, you know, just to keep the fantasy bug alive, I might get into that a little bit, even though that's sci-fi, but... Sure. All right. That's going to do it. For voicemails, this free binge, that's 708-406-9546. Leave us a voicemail. We'll answer it on the show and provide zero. Well, I won't say, look, I'm not going to say zero. We'll provide little to no facts. How about that? I don't want to overcommit here.
3: <laughs> well, what's the fact? I mean, come on now.
0: See, that's why I like podcasts. Too deep. Too okay, deep. No, okay. that's why I like podcasts. Just gonna, just gonna get stuck in a fucking pothole. Yeah. <laughs> pothole within a pothole within a pothole, my friend. All right, we're gonna answer the rest of the voicemails on the other side on the full binge. Let's go to what we like to call TV roundup, in which we round up some TV shows. Holy shit. <laughs> Have to play this one because it's literally the reason why we are bringing Lollapalooza back. Here we go. You'll
1: never know.
2: Time for TV Roundup. We got some shows for you to see it. You see, you True detective is the shit you. survival weight loss PM. Say hi to your mother. Now let's go talk about some TV. You don't wanna be the and
0: that is our easy lover TV Roundup Sounder. And the reason why Lollapalooza is coming back is because Pete wants to play that live at a live show. Jesus. What a guy. Oh. Alright then. What a guy. <laughs> All right, Jack, what should we do? All right. We do have a bunch of different stuff that we want to cover. We're going to cover He'll a lot of things. it on yeah. the full binge. But right now we want to talk about Netflix's Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities anthology. Mm-hmm. Now, how did how did this come to your to your line of sight as, f- as far as, you know, coming up on your radar
3: yeah um you know what maybe a month ago uh i had heard through my various uh sources that this was going to be coming out that there was a trailer out um and i was talking to a buddy about this a couple nights ago but um our movie homework that we did for pan's labyrinth i think kind of like unlocked my uh, brain when it comes to Gu- Guillermo del Toro, as it just is a fucking artist, you know? Yeah. um So Saw This Was Coming Out, it was immediately very excited because the storytelling of it and all that stuff, uh, I don't know. I I, I did have uh, not high hopes, but, like, you know, mo- moderately good to, to maybe great
0: uh, hopes for this one. He is one of those guys just, like, a true artist through and through, right? I mean, right. it just seems like everything he does... Is through like creativity, like he just flows through that whole like wavelength.
3: Well, I would, you know, one one thing uh, again, buddy, and I were, were going back and forth about Del Toro's stuff, and he he kind of defined it. Uh, he he and I kind of came to this definition that was I thought made a lot of sense. But like Guillermo Del Toro, even if you don't love the movie that he's making, when he makes a movie, it's a complete meal. You know, like you yeah. have. The visual style, the the lensing, the cinematography, the script, the color tone, like just the camera moves, the choices, how the performances come across. Mm -hmm. Del Toro is intimately involved in every step of that that creation, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But it reminds me of Michael Mann in in a different way because all you ever hear about Michael Mann's direction style is that he's this you know tactician perfectionist, and everything is you know, very specific and he's involved in on every level and I, I don't know, the the two of them different types of movies, but their approach to them I think is, is kinda similar and you know obviously big Michael Mann fan as well.
1: So
0: Yeah, man. I did I'd I'd never really considered those two to be a parallel as far as that goes. I mean yeah. they're they're different genre, but a different yeah. genre, their their output couldn't be more different. But I couldn't yeah. I, I think I can pick up what you're putting down as far as, like, singular vision kind of goes.
3: Yeah. I'm, I mean, you hear all the time about how in in Thief, uh, like, Michael Mann was one of the first guys to realize that all everything, every street has to be covered in water. Because it just makes everything look amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Del Toro with that, uh, that sequence in Hellboy 2 where they go to, like, the troll market. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you he spent, like, a, a couple of months coming up with those characters and how the arches will look and the architecture of it and everything else. Just, uh, I don't know, I, I maybe, maybe they're not kindred spirits, but I kind of put them in the same, uh, I don't know, uh, category of filmmaker where you get one of their movies and it is 100% of them. The studio didn't hire them to just come in and do it and get out of there. They They kind of take over, you know?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I like the presentation here with the cabinets Mm. curiosities. Each episode is him presenting the story and kind of like talking about, you know, uh, the cabinet, right? I mean, Mm. he's kind of doing a Hitchcock thing, which I really enjoy. Uh, They definitely got the same body type. I'll tell you that. Oh, for sure. And that just means they're great directors in my book. (laughs) I don't want a director with a flat stomach, dude. I'll tell you that. I, I need somebody
3: who's uh who's who's lived a life, you know, who's got some meat on the bone, you yeah, know
0: what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. That really takes a bite out of life. Yeah. Multiples. <laughs> multiple bites out of life. A bite and a second and then a third and you know. I like a guy that has a lemon zest for life, you know what I'm saying? Just <laughs> like sprinkled on top or, of it. Or a lemon cello.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, yeah, like I said, I, I really like the presentation here. I like him introducing these things. It's it's the stamp for me. Mm-hmm. It's the del Toro stamp that he actually shows up and, um, and he's on the, he's on the cover art. He's on the poster. He, yeah. him introducing it. I I think it's just a great way to, like I said, to, to present these stories. Now there's six episodes. Is that right? Uh, I think there's eight, actually. eight episodes. I knew it was an even number. I caught the first yeah. three. Well, how many of these did you catch?
3: i I caught the first four, I wanted to get them all done, but ran out of time this week
0: nice, nice um now I did get we we were talking in our group chat, me, Pete, and law, and law said three is his favorite so far. He caught six episodes, I guess that's what I was going off of, yeah. but uh yeah. I know Pete has caught a couple, and um but yeah, law really liked three, yeah, and we'll we'll get to it, but uh so yeah, the, break us down with a. <laughs> First episode with our boy, Tim Blake Nelson there.
3: Yeah, so um, first episode is called Lot 36. And the premise is that there's this, uh, like, ex, um, what is he, a mil- uh, soldier? Uh, mm-hmm. He's like a be- you know veteran of, of a war. I, I think it's set in, oh, is that one set in, in George H.W. Bush or George W. Bush?
0: I don't remember that.
3: Ah, damn it! Um, uh, well, I think that the implication is that he was either in the the like Desert Storm, or it was in the Iraq War. I just I, these jump timelines, so I can't I remember which Ar- one this was.
0: I would say the Iraq War. I mean, he'd have to be yeah. pretty old if he was in. He'd be older than he is if it was Desert Storm, and it doesn't seem to be like a timepiece, as far as you know. This is set in the past or something like that.
3: Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll double. So in any that. case. There's a there's an indication of that there, um, but basically this guy he's he is uh, one of those people who goes and bids on abandoned storage uh, facility. Uh, uh, what are they fucking storage lockers? Yeah, like
0: storage uh, wars and shit.
3: Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, only a lot more depressing than that. Uh, very dark and, and dingy, but <laughs> um, key purchases one of these storage containers is. You know, it's indicated that uh, he owes some money to someone and that his life is just abject shit. Oh, and also he's a pretty racist dude. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe not outwardly racist, but the type of person who's sitting there saying like, uh, what about, you know, you know, whites are going to be the minority soon, that, that kind of fucker,
0: you know. Um, just for, really, So anyways, sorry, I, didn't, I didn't want to interrupt you, but just real quick, it is set mm-hmm. in 1991. Okay, okay, there you go. So it would be Desert Storm. Um, so he gets this container he goes to start
3: clearing it out, selling the shit off, and it turns out that a woman, through a miscommunication uh it was her storage locker that was purchased, or oh no, it wasn't hers, he had owned another one that he already cleared out, and it was mm-hmm. her locker, yeah, the one that he purchased is someone else's um, and he wouldn't let her go and see if there's a, there was anything left of like family photos and stuff like that that she'd be able to take he was just very rude to her and mm-hmm. there's a racial implication to the whole thing too just to kind of stack the deck against the, the main character as much as possible but um, but yeah and then he starts trying to sell off some of the stuff that's in the container and uh, there's maybe some items there that suggest some supernatural goings-on and the story kind of takes off from there so um I don't know. This first one was a. I think it was a good. Uh, it was a good appetizer for yes. some of the other episodes. You Absolutely. know, um, simple, very straightforward. Uh, without spoiling anything, um, wouldn't surprise me if the. Uh, without, again, without spoiling uh, the design, we'll say of like the last ten minutes of this episode. Sure, uh, felt very much like other Guillermo del Toro uh, creations. We'll say so. Uh, mm-hmm. Wouldn't be surprised if. Maybe he had some say there, but uh, I don't know. I thought this was this was okay. It definitely wasn't my favorite of the ones that I saw. But wh- what did you
0: think? I also thought that it was a good intro into this whole anthology because mm. you can't go bullshit on anthologies like right off the hop. You can't do it in the first episode or vignette if it's a film. I don't, Yeah. You know what I mean. You got to kind of keep it a little reserved. Kind of get everybody on board with the concept. And I think this does a really good job, even though it's set in 91, with a lot of the socio-political bullshit that's going on right now. Now, you mentioned Mm -hmm. something about stacking the deck with the character of Tim Blake Nelson, him being like a racist piece of shit. And I actually thought they kind of pulled back. I thought he could have been a lot worse. And maybe that's just my own fucking life uh, experience. (laughs) (laughs) I mean he could have been worse yeah he, he could have been like a 10 but instead
3: he was more like a like a six yeah you know? yeah yeah
0: yeah so. but um i you know i feel like the only reason that the deck is stacked against them is because of the ending and i don't know if it's yeah. all that it, it's needed all that much i mean i feel like there's enough of the sociopolitical stuff going on that i kind of want to get away from that Sure. Because you're just it's so loud as far as that goes. But um Yeah. But I get it. I it's it's still good to get these kind of things out there to let everybody know, hey, this shit still goes on. You know what I mean? Even though it's yeah. you know, set in ninety one or whatever. But yeah. Without it, I still feel like it could have been an effective story.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think that this one was fine. I, I... Yeah. You know, if you've watched a bunch of anthology series, whether it's, you know, you mentioned Alfred Hitchcock, he's got a couple of them, twilight zone, outer limits, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, you get some, some short stories that are obviously a lot stronger than others. And, you know, a lot of these anthology series tend to be stories that are like lessons, right? You're, you're kind of there for the twist at the end or the, the, you know, somebody getting what, what they deserve kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like that's a big mechanic of of like why people like autopsy or, um, not autopsy, anthology stories. Yeah. 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 Um, but this one, the ending it's, it's, I don't know if you've seen enough of these, you kind of, I would say you, you don't know exactly what's going to happen, but you know, like how the character is going to end or like where mm -hmm. the resolution for the character will be. Yeah. So in that respect, it's kind of like, this is very good. It's incredibly well shot. um, But, you know, thankfully, uh, I think other episodes do a little bit better job than this one does.
0: Only seen the first three episodes so far. You've seen four. Mm. This entire thing, that's the thing that set it apart for me and that I noticed right away. It's so fucking well shot. It looks Mm -hmm. fucking so good, man.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I really Um, really dig it. Couldn't help but
3: think of it when I watched, uh, I think it was the second episode, the Graveyard Rats episode.
0: My favorite Um, one, by the way.
3: So so I'm watching the episode and I'm thinking to myself, ah oh, a tunnel with like very little light, mm-hmm. and yet I can see the whole tunnel and mm-hmm. like the objects in the foreground and background." Mm-hmm. Isn't that something? H- fucking hot, hot D producers, like Oh, Jesus. <laughs> okay, I do you're going with that. Yeah, I mean, how fucking hard <laughs> is it to key light your goddamn scene for the audience?
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Ugh. Ugh. L- look, maybe open. we just had the right TVs. Maybe that's what it was. <laughs> Who knows. <laughs> Uh, sure, sure. All right.
3: Whatever helps you sleep at night, pal. I don't
0: know. Great. Uh, yeah, so uh, I'll give that one. Dude, yeah, let's rate it. Let's rate uh, uh, the first sure. one. Is for me, probably, what is it, Lot 37? Lot 36. Oh, in a row? Uh, okay. I'm going to give it, I'll give it a six. I'll give okay. it a six. It, it's. I didn't feel all that strongly about it, but could recognize, uh, like, the storage Storage facility manager. Like, I like that guy yep. and stuff, and he was pretty good here. Like, Tim Blake Nelson a lot. And I, again, like, the way it's shot is just fucking fantastic. But, you know, it's, I, I like the dinginess of mm. the storage facility. Very, yeah. like, green and dark, and it, it, you could almost feel like the humidity coming off the walls. Yeah. It's very atmospheric yeah, and very immersive that way. Very,
3: uh, looked like, again, looked like Shape of Water. Looked like Nightmare yes. Alley to me, you know? Yeah, it yeah, was totally. That whole aesthetic, so. Absolutely. So yeah. I'm
0: going to, I'm going to give it a six. It's a strong six, though. Strong six. Now, yeah. some of the other hosts on the Binge Media Network might give half ratings. These two guys here don't. Fuck your half ratings. That's right.
3: Uh, Lot 36 for me is also a six. Um, I, again, it, there's, it's it's one of those things there's nothing wrong with it it's 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 well made it's just if you've seen a lot of anthology stuff you've seen this particular uh you know kind of kind of thing happen a lot in them it's a very, it's almost like a subgenre within the anthology series of like it, what goes around comes around you know yes like yeah, you could, yeah, yeah. You, you know, so many of these stories but it, there's a reason why it's effective as a short film it's still very good Technical stuff's great. Tim Blake Nelson's great. All the performances are great. It's mm-hmm. just, you know, been there, done that. But, but yeah, six on ten on that one.
0: Episode two is Graveyard Rats. This mm. is, now that first one was directed by, uh, Guillermo Navarro, I believe. Let me see. hmm. I think it was. And, uh, he's a, you know, pretty legit cinematographer. Did, uh, Jackie Brown. He also did the, uh, Or or he... Oh, no, wait. I'm I'm confusing something else. Anyway, uh, yeah. Navarro did Lot 36. This one, The Graveyard Rats, is directed by Vincenzo Natali. And this is about a grave robber who... Again, another character who owes some money to some people and takes the grave robbing for his, you know, to get rich, to fucking pay off his debts, all that shit. And while he's he's digging his first uh, grave that we see him, uh, he kind of gets eye-fucked by a rat, which I really, really appreciate. There's (laughs) something about that fucking first rat close-up shot where he's just eye-fucking the shit out of this dude that I just love so fucking much, man. Um, and as the, the intensity of, of him having to repay this debt gets higher and in, in more intense, he gets kind of like the, uh, I don't know what you call it. Just the, the, the golden goose, as it were of graves, he gets a tip on and follows that tip. And for me, hilarity ensues, <laughs> How did you feel about Graveyard Rats?
3: I liked it. Um, I I like that this one was, you know, a, a, another anthology trope of, you, you know, um, like what's the cost of of the thing that you're after, you know? Yeah. Um, and you know, obviously, greed factors into it. I I like again. I like the whole aesthetic. Um, all uh, more tunnels here. Right. Uh, and again, clearly lit. Appreciate that stuff.
0: Um, <laughs> I did not to let that go. I love it. Okay, well, you gotta be, able,
3: you gotta be able to fucking see what you're watching, son. Yes. You're um, fucking. come on, come
0: on. You're too high.
3: You're too high for me. Yeah, I'm asking a lot there, I guess. Whatever. Yeah. Fucking. A. Um, yeah, I, I, I like this episode again. Can't really pick anything out that didn't fit. Um, I think you said this is this is a period piece, so, you know, maybe a hundred years ago, maybe even longer thereabouts. Uh, yeah, it, this this was good. I really liked some of the effects with the rats. Um, in particular, there's one moment where the main character is sitting in bed and he has a nightmare that, like, thousands of rats are falling out of the ceiling on top of him. I thought that was a pretty cool visual. Um but yeah, well, there was this something was,
0: about that that really reminded me of Barbarian in a way of just like seeing something poking out of a wall, and you're just like, yeah. what is, like the curiosity gets the best of you, and you're just like, what is that? Right, right. Um, so
3: yeah, this this was very good. I uh, I, I was actually pleased to see that I, I thought the second episode stepped up from the first one, and that you know this would be sort of either uh, uh, a bit of an incline. In, in, um, Ascending levels of, of awesome, you
1: know?
0: yeah, 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 gotcha, so, so yeah, yeah for, for me, I just I like this character a lot, his name's mm-hmm. uh, Mason, I guess, played by David Hewlett, who's a del Toro guy for sure, yeah. and um, <clears throat> I like the desperation of like characters, like in anything, because that it's a good place for a character to start is desperation because they can wind up doing anything. To get whatever mm. they're after, and I I really like that in the character, and and I I like that he also kind of has a silver tongue, you know what I mean? Like when he's talking to the debt collector, and the debt collector who has like one of the best accents <laughs> so far, mm. just a really like early nineteen hundreds East Coast accent. It kind of reminds me yes. of Gangs of New York a little bit, Bill the Butcher style. He is able, like, to talk to him and, like, try to at, at least talk his way out of a beating in a way. You know what I mean? And then when he talks to the other people later in the episode, he's, he, I won't say he's suave. But, again, like, he kind of has that silver tongue that yeah. maybe would get him into places that he shouldn't be in to begin with or something.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: The... Again, yeah, you mentioned the ascending levels of, like, goodness or, you know, just better episodes as it goes along. I felt that way with yeah. uh, the, the rats itself and mm-hmm. just, like, how <laughs> – and then, like, where it culminates at. Dude. Yeah. I I, I fucking must. love the ending of this so fucking much, man. Oh, I was practically it's... cheering in my fucking own house. It was great. <laughs> well,
3: that's, what, that's where you bought the
0: place. I mean, come on. It's true. It's true. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, but yeah, yeah.
3: The, thought,
0: uh, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, sorry.
3: Um, no. So I, I just, I don't know. I, I really liked it. I, I like the style of it. I like the performance. Um, but again, this one was was another one for me where it was like, this is an anthology story. You know that you expect this from that kind of thing. So it's not that it's it's bad. It's just. I, I I could have told you I would get something like this in here. You know? Sure, 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 um, sure. Price of greed kind of story or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I don't know. I could probably throw down a rating for this. Um, I think for me it's a, it's another six, mm-hmm. just because. Again, it, it's like there's one episode here that did something that I've never seen in an anthology. We're, we're going to talk about it in a second. Um, I've never seen that kind of thing happen in this sort of anthology. So I think that was more what I was kind of looking for. Um, can't knock it for what it is because the storytelling and the writing is really good. But just my own personal thing, it's it's a six.
0: Nice, nice. Look, it's not a four on ten. This is a good place mm. to be. Yeah, we're best. not, we're not, we're not going there. No, we're not going there. For me, this is a strong fucking eight. I oh, just love, I love the story so much. I, I love the character so much. You know, it's, it, I, I, I like the idea that you mentioned about, you know, where greed will take you. And uh, greed a lot of times has to do with desperation. Or at least, you know, people who are desperate, or desperate are also kind of greedy in a way. Yeah. Um, I like that aspect of it, but for me, it's it comes down to the rats. I love these boys. I love these fucking boys so much. Not I like bad. that they, ha- they what, have – they a team? <laughs> I like that they just – they just run shit, man. They just run this whole <laughs> graveyard, and they don't give a fuck. And, you know, that <laughs> big reveal at the end is – God damn, it made me so happy for some reason. And then it got yeah. me thinking about uh, – yeah, so it's a strong eight. But then it got me thinking about one. It got me thinking about two things. One is uh the documentary Rats. Do you remember that? It's a Morgan oh, Spurlock documentary from like I don't know five he, or six years ago, something like that, maybe. Remember it, haven't watched it though. It's it's pretty great. If that's again your thing. I like yeah. you know, fucking uh animal, insect, any kind of documentary about that I'm totally for. And that is – could be one of the grossest documentaries I've ever ever fucking seen because it takes place in New York City and just the amount of rats – I mean, I think it's something like six times the population of New York City, which I think Uh. is like six million or something like that, maybe more, 10 million, 12 million. It's just fucking crazy to think about. It's insane to think about. So it made me think about the rats documentary. It also made me think about the phenomenon of the Rat King. Do you know anything about this?
3: Oh yes, yes. I've I've fought uh, many a Rat King in uh, oh, what was it? Dark Souls, I think. One of those games. <laughs> nice. Yeah, dude. Yeah, they the Rat have Kings them in there. Nuts.
0: That's fucking great. Oh. That...
3: Yeah, dude. It's disturbing <laughs> and like dingy and fucked up when you <laughs> find them. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, so for those that
0: don't know, the, the rat king is a phenomenon that happens with, and I wound up looking this up. It's a phenomenon that only happens with black rats. Huh. And what happens is that you get a bunch of rats together and through some kind of lubricating but adhesive uh, thing, whether it's feces or just mud or whatever it is, it could be like, you know, sugar. It could be Anything, any lubricating Mm. agent that becomes hard and adhesive gets all in these rats in their colony on their tails and they get stuck together. Mm. And there's been reports of like, you know, up to like 50 to like 100 rats all stuck together via their tails.
1: Mm.
0: And, um, I want to find out that it's, it's a like huge in Germany for some reason. They have a, like a whole museum with like a rat king that's like 35 different fucking skulls or something or like carcasses, wow. skeletons that are all connected together via their tail. It's a bizarre fucking phenomenon. Very gross. Really gross. Eight yeah. on ten though. Eight on ten. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: let's move to oh. our fucking third episode the autopsy featuring very happy to see this man show up f murray abraham in this episode yep. and also our boy from uh he just recently showed up in fargo season three or the season five sorry uh four. With chris four. rock
1: four. four
0: four sorry um with chris rock the kansas city season Uh, Glenn Turman, Glenn Turman also shows up in this. You'll, you'll recognize him from the face for sure. Yeah. Uh, you want to give us a little bit of rundown on what goes on in the autopsy?
3: Yeah. So, um, basically the story is there's, uh, you know, a man arrives in town. It's F. Murray Abraham to go and speak with a sheriff. And, uh, this is, oh, I'm sorry. This, this is preceded by a sort of strange maybe explosion, maybe cave breaking Mm -hmm. in um, with with what looked like some sort of strange lighted ball of some kind uh, in a mine. Um, So essentially uh, one of the nine of the miners died. So this man arrives in town to go and see the sheriff. Turns out he's the person doing the autopsy medical examiner and he and the sheriff are are friends. Um, And he starts asking him, so, you know, what, what's, what's going on here, What's what's been happening, and the sheriff kind of reveals that some people have gone missing, and that he's found bodies, a couple of them had all the blood drained from them, and doesn't know what is happening. Um, so the medical examiner's here to, you know, come in at night, do all the autopsies, and try and get a cause of death for the insurance company. And the story goes from there. But um, So just just initial thoughts uh this was my favorite episode um,
0: really okay
3: yes uh this was something i haven't seen in an anthology series before um this was something to me that was not a new idea but i really liked the approach of this kind of story um i don't i almost don't want to say what it no, reminded no, no. me of but oh. there's a favorite movie that uh A lot of us on the site have that, uh, this, this reminded me of quite a bit. If you want to know what that is, just send me a message uh, when you're, when
0: you're hearing this, but, I'm um, I'm listening to this now. I'm going to send you a message.
3: All right. Thanks. Uh, but there's, uh, yeah, this was just two really great performances from actors that I like. Um, again, looks great. F Murray Abraham, you know, he is the, you know, uh, antagonist or depending on your perspective on the story, the protagonist in Amadeus, uh, -hmm. obviously he's in Scarface. He showed up in Moon Knight as, uh, the voice of Khonshu recently for the Marvel shit. He's a fucking great actor. Um, he, he's almost everything I see him in. I like him, uh, you know, Budapest hotel. He's, uh, he's the man in that. And he's the man here. Um, You know, it's kind of quickly goes from a a two man show to a one man show for a good chunk of this. And he's, I don't know, he's just, he's got like a a very specific sort of gravitas and energy and history to him. Mm -hmm. Um, I really, really loved him in this. Uh, Were were you digging what he was throwing down here? Yeah. Yeah.
0: I I love this dude, man. I, yeah, I I just really, I, I really like the, the, the relationship between F Murray and, and Glenn Turman a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So yeah, you just got back to me and you're a hundred percent right. Yeah. About the thing earlier. Okay. So I, I really like their relationship, you know, and, and a great thing that a vignette or an anthology can do in terms of a story, like just the one singular story is make you wonder about other stuff outside of the current story being told, and what I mean by that is like right. their relationships. Like, how how did these two guys become friends? How are they mm-hmm. such still good friends? You know what I mean? Like things like that. I really really enjoy. Like, what's the what's this town about? Like, I'm yeah. interested in this town. Like, I'd spend two hours here just exploring. Like the. Seems like the patrons seem very Haddonfield right? Just fucking like losers sure. and shit. You know, like it just doesn't seem like a great town.
3: Don't <laughs> worry about like fucking three murders 40 years ago. Yeah, like, get over it weird. already. Yeah, I mean,
0: come on. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I wanted more of the ending. And I think yeah. the ending, I can see the ending just being like a big thing for law. Like it, it reads very Stephen King story to me. Like this is a very Stephen King, uh, kind of, uh, reveal in terms of okay. the thing that is written. I'll just say that. Mm-hmm. And I like that, but I wanted more of it. It felt like there was too much talking about stuff and not enough doing stuff. Okay. And I get it. It's an investigation. So that's part of it. You know, mm-hmm. Glenn Turman is the, the, the sheriff. He deputizes a couple of people, you know, and, um, you know, that doesn't wind up going well. Um, But I just felt like I wanted more grittiness. Like once we once we know what's going on and once we know the culprit as we, you know, as we'll, we'll just fucking call it a culprit. Mm-hmm. I want more of that. Like, I love that conversation. And maybe that's a hallmark of a great vignette, the fact that I do want more from it. But I, hmm. you're not continuing this fucking story, so just give it to me, goddammit.
3: See, the
0: thing I like about it,
3: okay, is this feels like the epilogue to a really great horror movie. Like, um what am I trying, you know, alien, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Situation like alien occurs. And then we have some sort of epilogue quieter story that suggests mayhem and insanity. And turns out to be, you know, we have to stop the Xenomorph because if we don't find a way, then it kills everything. Right. It's a small story that has such a larger implication to it. I I love it. I love it for that. Mm -hmm. Um, The, you know uh you're talking about the ending being a big thing, I think this has a great ending. Yes. I absolutely love the ending mm-hmm. um at first, a character does something and you're like, "I don't why you know like what are you what are you doing there and then, as pieces come together and the final few lines of the episode happen um I love that it's it's clever you know like it's it's not necessarily Very, yeah. anything I would have thought of and the director doesn't go out of his way to explain it to you until the reveal of what that character was doing. You know, I, I like that a lot about it. Very controlled and nuanced kind of writing and directing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it. it I, I'm I'm kind of gushing a little bit about this episode, but I, I really feel like it's it's one of the best anthology like stories I've I've seen. I just yeah. haven't ever seen anybody do this or try to do this, you know, Mm -hmm. um, it was cool to have a take on that, you know, movie I texted you the name of. Um, it's, it's basically a continuation of that. uh, Different circumstances, but the same sort of, um, uh, goal we'll say, uh, of the antagonist. But, uh, yeah, I, I just thought this was great. I mean, for me, this is, this is eight on 10. This is, this is really an awesome, uh, piece of storytelling for me.
0: Fantastic. I again, I, I really dug the ending. I can see the um the alien comparison, and actually, that that's the thing that came up. I was like, oh, there's you know they're a little alien esque. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's probably why Law likes this. You know, like that's one of his favorite movies. So I was going right. off that, but um, I. Fucking F. Murray is just so good in this. Glenn Turman's really good in this. Um, not in it as much as uh, I think F. Murray is, but I kind of like being in this autopsy room, this like coroner's office thing. Like yeah. it almost seems part of like the storage facility in a lot of ways. And it, like, I'm a sucker for an anthology that connects itself, but in non-obvious ways. So, I mean, that that is just my own headcanon. As far mm-hmm. as like it looking like the storage facility, obviously it's not, but i'm gonna give it a seven. I didn't like it as much as graveyard rats, and mm-hmm. I liked it more than lot thirty six so okay. yeah i'm I'm gonna give it a strong seven i I yeah again i I think i I felt like I was just waiting for something to happen for most of it but like when it does happen it's it's fucking killer. It's fucking mm. killer, man. I really dug it. Yeah.
3: Yeah, good shit. Good shit.
0: You want to tell me a little bit about the fourth episode without spoiling anything maybe?
3: Yeah, yeah. So so this one um it's called The Outside. It's directed by a woman named Anna Lily Ampor. Um I think she directed that movie from a few years back, The Bad Batch with Jason Momoa. Um but, yeah, so the outside is essentially it's Kate McCucci and Martin Starr. They're a married couple. And um, Kate McCucci is, I think this one takes place in the 80s. I don't know the exact year, but somewhere in there. And um, Kate McCucci works at this bank, and she works with all these other ladies who are, are, like, you know, super done up, nice dresses, their hair is done, makeup on, all that. And they're all bank tellers, and they, you know, they do the, the typical like gossip chit chat. Mm. And the main character Stacy is so clearly like not a not a nerd, but just different. Like she she can't, can't really get along with other people very well. She tries, she means well, but she's just awkward. She's different than other women are, you know. And um, she notices that the women use this uh, like moisturizing uh, lotion called Aloe Glow. And, no way. Basically, she gets invited to one of the women's secret Santa party. They go. The woman gifts everybody the aloe glow. And uh, she sees a commercial on TV with Dan, Dan Stevens. Um, I don't know if you've seen anything he's been in, but he was in The Guest. Um, he was like, uh, who else has he been? He was Legion. He was in that Beauty and the Beast remake. Is the oh, Beast. yeah. I, yep. Gotcha. Um, actually, I Actually, I like him quite a bit. I think he's a pretty good actor. But uh, but he plays this, this guy on the Aloe Glow commercials on TV. One of the strangest accents I've ever heard. Like, I, I think he's doing a good job because it's, it's hilarious. But mm-hmm. I, I can't even do a facsimile of it. He's like, mm, yes, order your Aloe Glow. Huh. You know? <laughs> it's like really fucking smarby weird, you know. But uh, But, yeah. So... I don't know without spoiling anything episode kind of goes from there. Um, this is another one that I, you know, there's a swerve in this and mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. sort of a double swerve. And I, I, I've never seen a, an anthology series have the balls to try and pull that off. I think it's pretty successful this episode.
0: Nice.
3: Um, I think both the performances of the married couple are, are really good. He's a uh, police officer and she works at the bank. Um, so, you know, she he's out of the house a little bit while you know she she's around the house sometimes. Um okay, no spoilers, no spoilers. But uh but yeah, I, I thought <laughs> this was really solid. Um there's uh and it's also kind of filmed in almost a, I don't want to say Cohen Brothers way, but maybe like a like the way Burn after reading is shot. It has like a bit of a comedic uh tone to like, you know, the the cinematography and stuff, but um but, yeah, uh, lots of good here. Mm-hmm. Um, this is probably a 7 on 10 for me. I, I think this was maybe my second favorite of the four that I've seen so far. Really?
0: Nice. Okay.
3: Yeah, especially for the kind of story it was. I didn't expect to like it as much as I did, but uh, I don't know. I think it did a pretty good job.
0: Are you a Martin Starr guy at all or no?
3: Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, it makes me laugh almost every time I see him. Okay. So. Very solid.
0: I know he could be divisive for people, so.
3: I mean, I fucking love him as uh, Guilfoyle in Silicon Valley, but, you know, even going back to Freaks and Geeks, I mean, mm-hmm. how fucking funny did he look just with the crazy buck
0: teeth and the glasses, just, you know, standing around like an asshole? <laughs> so Adventureland. Hmm. he was in that, right?
1: That's another reason. it's the second
3: time. Second time somebody brought that up to me this week. I got. I don't think I've ever watched that. I think I got to see that.
0: That's very underrated. I think. Yeah, it's two thousand nine. Oh, nice. well, yeah. Okay. Um, oh, maybe he's not in that. God damn it! Oh wait, yeah, no, he's definitely in that. Okay. All right, we'll review the rest of the episodes on a future show. But so far, so good on for mm-hmm. us. You know, we're four episodes in and just fucking loving it so far. So, yeah.
3: Oh, and, uh, runtime on the it. episodes ranges from anywhere to like a full hour to, to like maybe 40 minutes so far. I kind of like that. I yeah. kind of
0: like that. The runtimes change like the A story should be as long as it needs to be. And that's gonna. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like a natural fucking, uh, segue into our next segment. Which is, what did you watch yeah. this week? Because I feel like we're going to be talking about that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> shit. Uh, but before we get there, do you need a piss break? And should we play yeah. a piss break sounder? That, that sounds good. All right, let's go with our OG, the very first piss break ever played. Here we go. the bench cast record for 10 hours drinking bourbon high life and gin they got a bladder the size of a peanut
1: and when long
0: burps <clears throat> nobody wins And
3: literally just made it in time look at that
0: <laughs> look at that that was a oh man two minute and 14 second P break sounder so two minutes might be the sweet spot as far as that goes yeah
3: yeah wow really oh thought, nice. thought i was pushing it that was gonna be late
0: all right we're back we're back right. let's give you a breather and play some what did you watch this week sounders
1: what we wicked thing to do to make me so proud
2: You watch. Oh, no, what the fuck you watch? Fuck you. The truth to me no what you
1: watch is sweet.
2: I watch some. About you no time for
1: surprise.
0: All right, those are very chill what did you watch this week sounders it doesn't get me hyped up yes, to are. go into this segment <laughs> that's okay i think we'll get there anyways all right hold on let's see if we got another. Fuck it, we're we're doing it live. Do it live. Do it live. All right. We are reviewing today, for the free binge, the very apropos for the season, Terrifier 2. Mm. Directed by Damien Leone. No relation, right? No no relation to uh, Sergio Leone?
3: Guess, you know, yeah. I wanted to look up the answer, but I knew whatever it is would leave me disappointed.
0: In my five-second cursory research, I didn't find anything on it. So, just letting you know there's nothing out there whatsoever. No, all right. Okay. All right, I got it. All right. This is the sequel. Full fucking two hours and 15 minutes sequel. Now, I just want to say right off the hop, we're probably going to mention this a bit, but... uh God damn! Does this not need to be two hours and eighteen minutes? <laughs> mm-hmm. it, but it doesn't, though.
1: Yeah. But yeah. it doesn't.
0: Yeah. yeah. On the other side, um, on the on the other side, we're going to be reviewing Terrifier the original, All Hallows mm-hmm. Eve. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, we'll be we'll be getting into that on the other side. But let's talk about Terrifier 2, the sequel, answering all the questions that we had from Terrifier. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how did well. this come about how did this get on your radar again um
1: yes
3: yeah, so, so it's it's fucking rare when a movie comes to the theater and it's listed as not rated um i also had so i'd seen that there i saw um some references to this being a Kickstarter campaign film or, or, or like an offer-up or something like that. Oh, um, yeah. Basically, like, men- crowdfunded.
1: Yeah, you mentioned movie.
0: something about that. I was interested in hearing about it.
3: Yeah, so I guess they, you know, they made, I'm um, uh, trying to think here. So they made, like, a Terrifier short with Art the Clown. Um, I think that might have been After All Hallows' They made Terrifier, and then I think they either self-funded or, or, or well, they crowd funded. I just don't know if it was, uh, uh, oh, what's the fucking website? I just said the name. God damn it. Um, GoFundMe? GoFundMe, yeah. I don't know if it was a GoFundMe thing or if they just independently put everything together. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, um, so that there's kind of an interesting aspect to this movie where, I, I don't know, it, it must be pr- pretty, you know, uh, quite a feat to get a movie like that, theatrical distribution, especially right now. Um, it's it's not like a studio produced and, and released this, you know? So yeah. I think that's pretty impressive.
0: Definitely, yeah. man. Definitely.
3: But, but um but yeah, I mean, I'm kind of inundated with slasher movies right now. I've been trying to catch up on some flicks we'll we'll talk about later that have me in like this genre. So I'm I'm very uh I don't know, full, full up on slashers right now. Mm-hmm. Um so watching ones that have a I don't know, an originality to them or a different angle. Uh, that also kinda interests me this time of year and I don't know, this Art the Clown character seemed like he looked interesting, so I c I kinda wanted to see what uh you know what
0: wh- what they do with that. Now, I did text you about this and say there's nothing better than the little hat on Art the Clown.
3: <laughs> it's uh Or is I called I just terrified? love <laughs> I was just called a terrifying the old dude the who yeah, no <laughs> fucking cares? He is the terrifier. But uh, I just love that there are multiple scenes throughout these movies where, like, somebody manipulates the hat or he specifically, like, even if he's chasing somebody down, he'll, like, go to
0: put it back on before he <laughs> can up I'm telling you, dude. Continue. I'm telling you. It's my favorite fucking thing. Love it. Really fucking funny. <laughs> and but, so let's talk about Art the Clown just before we get into the actual movie or story of it all, if there is one. Yeah. I mean, not a wholly original design like i feel like Mm. over the years over the last 10 20 years going out you know bartending or just going out to parties or whatever seeing some kind of version of this where it's like yeah over the top creepy uh with the makeup and everything it's still so effective though man
3: yeah yeah the um it's funny because the prosthetics here are the nose and those cheekbones sure i'm yeah. sure the the brow line and stuff but it, it's actually pretty impressive that the the person performing this is mm-hmm. as consistent with the performance as he is because the look is what it is creepy clown we've seen plenty of that but i think that the performance and the constant you know just just keeping your mouth at a full smile no matter what you're looking at through those like rotten teeth and stuff yeah yeah a, a lot of that makes it creepier um the idea that fucking terrifier can just walk into a laundromat strip naked no problem i mean that's, <laughs> there's like these weird details to the guy yeah. where it's just like fuck that's that's creepy in a whole other
0: way you know well we know he reads right he can read <laughs> Uh, and he could get affected. He can get affected by whatever he reads too. Like yeah, we know that that, that that's something that I had a question about in the first one that I got answered in this one. So <laughs> it is answering questions. So that's <laughs> good. That's good. You're you're you're
3: making me think of something else though with this guy. So that laundromat scene, right? He yeah. sees that there's somebody in there, but the dude's sleeping. Yeah. Terrifier is always terrifier, meaning. He's not playing the mime thing just for, like, whoever's in the room. Sure. As he's sitting there reading shit and laughing at it, he's Mm -hmm. actually miming laughing and pointing at the
0: paper and stuff. 100%. 100%. This guy guy is a true professional. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. (laughs) He's a true professional, and he's doing it without the outfit at that moment, too. So, like, nobody's looking at him, like you said, and... Again, that underlines what you said about, like, the consistency of the character. And But to take it a step further, the the performance, like, the physical acting of Terrifier is so good yeah. that I kind of want to just see him, the actor, play the part of Terrifier without the fucking make- – just to see how silly he looks without yeah. all the makeup and all the – you know, the, the yeah. outfit and everything. He's just like really in the pocket, really good, and knows how to play certain beats in moments. Yeah, in in funny and in comedic parts, and also absolutely just shock horror terror parts as well.
1: Well,
3: it's really great too because this movie gives him a, a character to like bounce off of a little bit in the little girl character. That's like
0: who <laughs> was great too.
3: May- <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know, maybe his daughter or something. It's, it never gets that deep. He's probably like another victim. She's probably another victim or something. But, sure. But, it, like, seeing the two of them interact without speaking or making any noise, mm-hmm. it's it's actually, like, really, really good acting. Um, for for yeah. a movie like this, you can see where this guy was, like, Okay, yeah, uh, you know, maybe I'm not into the gore stuff so much, but like this is there's like a real performative shit in this that's very very good. Um that and I think I, is worth mentioning.
0: And I actually got to say that kind of across the board. Like I look, you're not going to have the best acting in a lot of the movies like this. With this budget mm-hmm. um with this kind of distribution kind of uh you know, wh- wherever it goes you're you're just not going to get that kind of acting in terms of like the quality. Now, if you compare this to like Terrifier, the the first one, Terrifier one, like the Mm. acting is so much better here, but I think it just as a standalone movie, there almost wasn't anybody other than like Sienna's girlfriend, who she goes out to the party with was super over the top and annoying. Yeah. I thought everybody kind of played their, well, the mom was also a little over the top, but I felt like everyone kind of played their part. Like, Pretty grounded and in a way where it wasn't like, oh, we got to play a part because this is a low budget slasher movie. So we got to be crazy and over the top and, you know, gesticulate with our fucking arms and, you know, just go really too much with it. I felt it it was pretty, pretty grounded. I dug it for the most part in terms of like the acting. I didn't think anybody was so terrible that I was rolling my eyes when they showed up on screen, you know?
3: Yeah, if anything I would say that for most of the movie it's pretty pretty normal. It, it, like it never occurred to me outside of, you know, thinking about it separately what I know about how the movie got financed. I don't know, I never thought about the fact that this wasn't a studio movie. I mean, I've certain certainly seen shit in like low budget horror movies that Warner Brothers puts out that was a lot less, I don't know, just general production value than yes. this. Um. So there's something to be said there. I, the only thing I'll push back on that a little bit with is that the stuff with the mother specifically, um, yeah, yeah, like yeah. a lot of her performance, it was almost like, okay, we've got this like you know low to like modest budgeted horror film, and then we would cut away to the mom, and it would be like, okay, now we have our fucking Neil brain scenes, and now we're gonna yes. go back to the action, right, you know? right, right. right. <laughs> um. So that that aspect didn't didn't really work for me, and, and then there was also like. There was weird character stuff going on there that when your movie's two and a half hours and it's a slasher movie um Oof. they become the things that you could easily just chop out of this fucking thing yeah um yeah. like like I don't know the conversation about how the brother was maybe taking on it, taking an interest in or like wanting to be like art the clown <laughs> it, it, it just I don't that went nowhere. There was yeah. nothing to that storyline at totally. all. So, like, why Absolutely. is it here? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, little things like that get get a, a little grating the more you think about them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I said before, I've been watching a lot of slasher movies over the past couple of weeks. And as much as I, I don't know, I, I, I felt like the, deck, the uh, deck was kind of stacked against this movie in a lot of ways. Um, I actually think it's, it's well-made and I think it knows exactly what it is and, and like where it wants to, you know, push boundaries
0: and who for in it, the right? genre, like
3: and in, in the audience right. that it's for too. Right. Yeah. Like I can imagine, you know, it's crazy. You're looking at this on IMDb and it's got like a 66 meta score, which is much higher than I, I would ever think a movie like this would get. Um, I think some of that has to do with timing, but I I think it's also like, you know, there's a reason that there are 10 Nightmare on Elm Street movies and 10 Friday the 13th and 10 Halloweens or whatever they're up to. Like the original performances for those franchises have to be solid. You know, Mm -hmm. they have to be charismatic and something that an audience wants, wants to see again. Um, So I think that Leon knows that and what they do with this character It kind of justifies this to go on for for as long as they want to make these movies, you know? Because the other thing that they do in this movie that's kind of nice is just, like, whatever whatever rules you might think are for this character, kind of throw them out the window just to, like, get a second movie in, you know?
1: Yeah, 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 Uh, yeah.
3: Which I I don't really mind because anybody who watches these movies should know what they're in for. And I, I think for the most part, this kind of delivers exactly what it promises to
0: yeah yeah no i totally agree i totally agree and I, it's the fucking runtime dude it's the runtime yeah. this there's yeah. not enough no I, I guess we didn't explain like the uh the plot of the whole thing so um the miles county massacre was something that happened in terrifier the first film and um so this is a year later and the whole new cast really uh, cast of characters and Sienna, she's uh, I could She's high school. Is she high school college age.
3: Really yeah, they're, I think they're high school.
0: High school. Yeah, it seemed like that. And then I don't know. They're at a bar, so whatever. But um, she is getting ready for Halloween. Um, she has a little brother who's like into creepy shit. Her mom is kind of a whack job, or at least you know, like still dealing with the trauma of her dad being. Killed dead, not yeah. Um, what's going on with that? Yeah, we well, we get we do get
3: an explanation at some point. He he died of in in an accident,
0: okay. And um, she's basically getting her Halloween costume ready for the Halloween party. Terrifier shows up doing terrifying things. That's basically (laughs) the gist of, yeah, like the story. But it's two hours and fucking 18 minutes, man. And I don't want the runtime to be like my biggest gripe about a film because like, yeah. and the, this is actually part of my gripe is like, I want the film to be, I want as, as much as the story that needs, that needs to be told. Yeah. Now the first movie I feel was like an hour and 15. Am I right? Something like in that range.
3: Yeah, pretty sure, man. I think it's under ninety minutes.
0: Look, push that shit. Make a fucking longer thing and make it an hour and a half. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Why? Like we're getting into like some of the best movies of all time. You know, are kind of in that range of the two hour, the plus two hour. Uh, yeah, sure. Runtime, oh, man. I. This is. I I just really dislike that. My big gripe with this is the, is the runtime because I, 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 I'm I really with you, enjoyed though. this movie. I, I, lo- I really like a lot of this movie.
3: I, I'm with you. You know, like it's it, slasher movies should be 90 minutes in and out. Like like literally, you the the type of audience that's coming to a movie like this. They're expecting something. You need to deliver that and give them like a decent time at the movies outside of that thing. You know, mm-hmm. um, I just, I, yeah, like there's just pieces of this that I would, I would trim. I, you know, here's what I'll say. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody that we both know has been getting into like fan edits of movies. Sure, this is such a, a perfect candidate for doing that. Like. Because it, it, I, I feel like we could sit down and we'd come up with like four things that you could immediately remove from this. And it wouldn't really be anything with Art the Clown. It would be the stuff around him. Yeah. And you could get this down. I, I, I bet you could get this to a to buck 45, easy. Mm hmm. Easy. Mm-hmm. You know? Because at the end of the day, what
0: fucking story do you need? Like, who. Exactly. Who no. cares? Exactly. Right? Like, who cares? Like, movies. Um, like,. I feel like movies are like in the business of storytelling. It's just an ex- right. another outlet for storytelling. Now, right. different directors do different things and maybe it's not all about story. They're character studies, it's snap, you know, a snapshot of life kind of stuff. I get all that, but it ultimately it comes down to storytelling and there's just not enough here to warrant the two hour and 18 minute runtime. And that's unfortunate because like I said, and probably broke a record at this point, but it I don't want that to be my gripe about it because I mean having the back to back of Terrifier and Terrifier Two, if Terrifier Two is an hour and a half to an hour and forty five minutes, like you said, these are great fucking indie productions, man, that could really cement itself as and it probably already is, so don't get me wrong, but like as like cult instant cult classics.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's there's so many um Blu-ray warehouses now, right? Like uh there's Vinegar Syndrome, there's Arrow, there's Shout Factory, um you've got Criterion on the other side, but all these places, Severin, that's another one I think that's the one I'm thinking of here. They released these nothing movies, right? That maybe ran like for a month in a theater in Los Angeles in nineteen eighty-three. And they just went away for a long time. And some asshole had a master version of the film. Yes, a you know, place like Severin goes and restores it. And they're all grindhouse, black exploitation, sex exploitation, or horror movies. That's all they are, you know. Um, so this feels to me like a big budget version of one of those. Yeah. And there are we know this. There are a lot of shitty movies, shitty horror movies that get made. Put on DVD and they or, or Blu-ray or streaming, and they're just like Ooh. a tax write-off, right? Nobody gives a fuck. Sure. It's kind of nice to see somebody who is is actually trying to make one that is technically sound. It looks like a real movie, and, and oh, yeah, could be are
0: saying. Yeah,
3: it could be like a really good um, title for any of those physical media warehouses to use as like. You know, if you want, if you buy our Blu-rays, we're going to invest in making more of this kind yes. of movie. Yes. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Um, I think that would be a really cool uh, outcome of this. But that being said, I need the guy to hire a fucking editor for for Terrifier three. Uh, it's just too long.
0: Yeah, man. It it was. I don't know. We're probably about one fifty in, almost two hours in. I look at the runtime. And I'm just like I haven't really cared in the last half hour. Yeah, like I, I'm bored. I, I've been bored the last half hour, and it sucks yeah. because there's a lot of good stuff. And by the good stuff, I mean the, the, the kills and the visceral, the yeah, the visceralness. I don't even know if that's a word, but of, of the kills, <laughs> the
3: viscosity,
0: this visco- But that's a different thing. I was gonna say viscosity, but that's something else. You saw. Well, much, yeah, but totally um, it's it's so good, man. It's so it's fucking so good. I really, really love it, man. It yeah. just sucks that it's a lot. There's so much fluff around it, whereas yeah. Terrifier, and we'll, we'll we'll get to it on the other side and do a full review of Terrifier. I mean, there there's so much meat on those bones.
1: Hmm.
3: Yeah. Uh, look, like I said before. Perfect candidate for a fan edit. Um, I, I look forward <laughs> to the day that uh, we get that from a certain somebody that we know. And uh, I'm just going to wait until then. But, you know, for now, if we're going to get into uh, ratings here... Yeah, sure. Um, I, I, It's frustrating. It's, it's just... You're right. It's frustrating. That's the best word for it. That's the thing about this movie. I think that it's frustrating because there's a lot of good um, and there's... It, there's a lot of annoying, and the annoying comes from just a, a lot of time, a lot of time. Um, I like this. I think if you like the genre, you will like this. If you're not into gore, I, I'd say that you'll find a lot worse gore in other movies, but this certainly is on like the higher side of... Uh, the the you know, it's not rated, but this would have been like an incredibly strong R if that gives you an idea of the, mm-hmm. the range here. Mm-hmm. Um so you know, make it out what you will. Uh but I, I think this for me is a six on ten, and I say that very anxious to see if they make a terrifier three for more of this Art the Clown character.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's so fucking charismatic, dude. Yeah. He's it's so a really good performance. Yeah, yeah, man. It's it's really amazing. And also I want to credit uh the director Leone, but his ability to be to 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 give the audience confidence with tone is mm. fantastic.
3: Like Yeah, it's wild.
0: Uh, like a veteran that's veteran director shit right there. Because you mentioned like the intensity of like some of the kill scenes and some of them are super fucking graphic, but it's, it's not like saw level and I've never seen a single fucking saw movie. So that's a wrong uh, comparison or reference for me. Um, But think of like the, the most hard hitting kill scene where it's very visceral. He's able to do this here in a way that, it takes away a lot of the intensity and leads to comedy now for some for some people it's not it's just going to be completely intense i don't want to watch this it's too graphic it's too gory but for me i found myself getting to the point of oh man i want to turn away cuz most of the time i was just laughing hilariously out like uproariously fucking laughing at a lot of these kills uh, just because it's so fucking nuts, and that's my—I uh, don't know—trauma response. Maybe is to just laugh at things. I don't know. Hmm. It's most any instance, my response is to fucking laugh at it. But it got me to a place of just being like, oh, maybe I want to turn away, but also just being like, oh, still putting in a little—I won't say funniness, but like—and I won't even—I don't even—I hesitate to even say like lightness to. Yeah these kill scenes, but there's something there that he's doing honestly amazingly well, in my opinion. It,
3: it's right on the edge of hilarious, which is like, it's, it's a weird, uh, line to, to be walking, but I, I think he does it pretty well. I mean, I know he's a clown. He's supposed to make people laugh and pervert that and all of whatever. But it truly, like some of the kill scenes are hilariously brutal. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like you can't, um, uh, there's a there's a character in a house. We'll say okay. Th- this person, th- the kill scene with this person is so obnoxiously over the top that you can't help but laugh. Like like, Terrifier leaves the room and then comes back with some stuff, and you're just like, dude, This yeah. <laughs> this, this, this this can't be fucking real. Like, like this is ridiculous, you know. So in that respect, it's very much like a like a. Like a carnival haunted yes. house, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's that yeah, kind yeah. of feel. Um, you're 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 like disgusted and maybe a little bit scared, but then you're laughing five minutes later with, with some of the shit. Um, I don't know. It's it's a funny balance, but
0: it is. But I know. think
3: he does it well.
0: Yeah, I think he I think it does yeah. it really, really well, man. I and I want to uh, I want to echo your six on ten rating, and just say that if this was. An hour and a half to, and I even think maybe an hour 45 is a little bit too much, but if it was an hour and a half to 145, this is a fucking eight on 10. Honestly. Yeah. And it's something yeah. I was thinking of like, I'll fucking watch this every year. Like, this is a great fucking time. Mm.
3: Yeah. Takes place on Halloween, too. I mean, yeah. that's, that's yeah. awesome.
0: Absolutely. Um,
3: I mean, the other thing that really sold me on this movie, it's one of the. I don't know, in recent memory, one one of the coolest posters for a new movie I've seen. And it's not even that it's complicated or no. unexpected. I, I just like the fact that there's a lot of really cool contrast color on it and mm-hmm. they're using that whole like funhouse and if you look like there's there's like severed heads and jack-o'-lanterns, yes. it's got yeah. a Halloween feel, it's got this badass feel to it. I, I just thought it was a cool piece of art <laughs> and I think that maybe more than anything else. Um, it really got me on board with uh, needing to watch this. Yeah, I, I mean, so much so that I I watched the whole trilogy before coming on the show. You know, so.
0: there's a moment where Terrifier is following Sienna to a uh, like costume shop or like Halloween shop or something like that, it's sure, just getting, like supplies or whatever. And she leaves uh, after a creepy interaction. Yeah, and Terrifier goes up to the counter. And it's like, oh, and the, the 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 clerk is like, oh, you really want to buy this, huh? It's like, all right, rings it up. It's like, it's going to be this much. The terrifier just starts pulling out random shit from his bag. Right. And right. it's just the fucking, it's just the <laughs> best, man. Because the, 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 the cashier plays it, like, so cool, too. It's just like, oh, come on, man. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. it was, and he wasn't, like, a great actor or anything like that. But I just no. love that interaction that fucking Terrifier is just like. Again, with the with the laundromat scene where you get him off of just being, like, intense and creepy and he's just, like, in a fucking transaction at a Halloween costume shop. It's fucking ridiculous. It's
3: so funny. I, I
0: mean, the the other thing, too, is, like,
3: while, while he's sitting there and he's pulling shit out of the bag, I was just laughing because I'm looking at him like, Dude, there's no fucking way you have this many edges in a fucking garbage bag. Get the fuck <laughs> out of here, dude. Get the fu- You know what? I'll buy that this dude came back from having a fucking eye guy gouged out and, like, a bullet to the face and all this shit. But, dude, don't fucking bullshit me, man. That's That, that ain't that ain't right. Like, get him a canvas bag or something, you know? A little fucking mise-en-scene, Leone.
0: <laughs> uh, fuck. So you, you mentioned uh, Bullet to the Head will uh, cap this free binge off. I wanted to mention, there, and I'll mention it in, in Terrifier when we review it on the other side, but there's not a lot of times where, the, the like, a horror villain, you know, somebody like a Terrifier or a Jigsaw or the, a Michael Myers or whatever will pick up a gun, mm. and I appreciated that. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, uh, you know, Leatherface doesn't pick up a fucking shotgun or anything like that, or a fucking you know, semi-automatic weapon or anything like that. Sure. As far as I remember from like all the, the Texas chainsaw massacres, but like you don't usually see that. And the way he uses them is fucking chef's kiss emoji. If you know what I'm talking about, you know what I mean? Like, sure. it's, Oh, it's so good, man. It's so good. i love, fucking love it so much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good point. It's a good point. It's whacked out, man. Whacked out fucking movie six on 10 all around for me and Jack. Yeah. 8 on 10 for me, if they trimmed it down from the, from the 218 runtime, that was too much.
3: Yeah. And much. if you ever need to put together like a video playlist of Halloween movies for a Halloween party, mm-hmm. uh, this is a great one to throw on because obviously it takes place at Halloween. So get Absolutely, a lot of those, uh, get a lot of those tones, a lot of that feel in the, some of the scenes here. So.
0: Fantastic. Fantastic. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for the free binge this week. On the other side, I just want to hype up what we're doing on the other side tonight. And that is going to be... We're going to be reviewing the House of the Dragon finale. You and I have a lot to talk about as far as that goes. We did the House of the Dragon commentaries all season. Thank you, everybody, for listening to that. Mm
2: -hmm. And
0: uh, we'll also be reviewing uh, Andor. uh, Interview with a Vampire, Terrifier... And what else? What else we got here? I just had your time. Uh, I, uh,
3: I I did a uh, first time watch because I've actually never watched anything in this franchise of uh, the Friday the Thirteenth movies one through four. So I'll be talking about that a little bit. Very nice. And uh, and uh, you know a little bit a uh, little bit of Atlanta talk. Pretty big episode this week. So
0: oh, and the came back. back. It did. It did.
1: Yeah, on that, so on that
0: season two. All right everybody. 708-406-9546 that is the Google Voice number you can call. We'll answer it on the show. And also all the all the socials, right? Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, we're all over that fucking shit. Mhm. Uh, let's see. Where is my goddamn my goddamn outro? Where is that at? Oh. this is fun. This hey guys, fun. I'm gay. <laughs> I know Law Aww. I know. We're gonna talk more about that. On the killed other so side, many white people. That's so many white people. Believe me, I talk to him every single fucking week. I live with one. He deserves everything he got in his life. I it's true. It's totally true. It's totally true. Oh, uh thank you everybody for listening to the thirty one horror comms in October. Much appreciated. You guys gave us a lot of love, and we're giving you a lot of love back. If you are not subscribed to the Patreon, we'll see you next week. And if you are, we'll see you on the other side. All right. See you. Peace. Thank you for listening to The Binge Cast on BingeMedia.net. To listen to The Full Binge, subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash binge media. Binge Media patrons will get access to The Full Binge, The Binge Cast's four-hour show on a private RSS feed, and they'll get it a full 24 hours before it hits the public RSS feed. Binge Media patrons also get other perks, so check us out at patreon.com slash binge media. Subscribe to The Binge Media Podcast Network at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts and now the full binge